1: From the Anteup headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anteup PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's
0: November 8th, 2019. You're listening to the most exciting poker cast on the planet. I'm Chris (laughs) Casenza. Oh,
2: and I'm Scott Long. Well played
0: there. We just talked about how we're not exciting at all. (laughs) Scott's looking at the file, he's like, ugh, it's not the most exciting show ever. I'm like, we never promised them that we were an exciting podcast.
2: <laughs> well, I just feel bad because we did the the abbreviated cruise show last week, though it ended up clocking at 53 minutes. Yeah, that's not wait.
0: abbreviated at all.
2: Yeah, and we, we actually had some good discussions that were not cruise. So if you started listening last week and like, Oh, these are just people talking about the stupid cruise I'm never going to get on and... Hung, and and quit listening. Hung up. I love that. <laughs> and hung up. Um go back and listen, because there was some good stuff at the end there that's uh poker stuff. But that being said, didn't have our normal uh segments and all that, so I always like to come back from the cruise and, and give you a awesome show to make <laughs> up for that. And this week not gonna do that.
0: Not <laughs> awesome.
2: Yeah. No, a lot of good stuff to talk about, but uh just just not uh not that blockbuster that I was hoping for. Yeah. So, but, yeah. So now that everybody's uh, quit listening, uh, we can get through this pretty quickly.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, a couple uh, announcements of uh, upcoming events here to kick it off. Uh, our next Up Poker Tour event, the Up Winter Poker Classic at Gila River Hotels and Casinos, Wild Horse Pass just outside Phoenix, kicks off on Monday with a special Veterans Day event where service members will get a discount. Uh, there's a second event on Tuesday, and then the $400 buy-in, $100,000 guaranteed main event We'll feature day ones on Thursday and Friday before concluding on Saturday I uh, will be getting in late Friday night and we'll be there for the, all for the last day so um, save up all your Scott love for that one day and come out and say hi to me and um, and you can get all the details at antiyapmagazine.com slash wild horse
0: pass that's nice 100k guarantee for 400 bucks it's not bad
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, very excited to see how many people come out there. Our Vicuiva event at their sister event, uh, sister casino went very well in March. And uh, Vicuiva is planning a two-week series next March, so looking forward to that as well, too. So this is the first one at Wild Horse Pass, a little closer to Phoenix than Vicuiva, so a little easier to get to. And i uh, already been talking to some folks that are coming out, so it um, should be a fun event as this uh, resort kicks off their uh, tournament uh, career. Sweet. All right, and then just before that, uh, the annual Deep Stack Charity Classic will take place all this weekend at Isle Casino in Pompano Beach, Florida. I will be there for the Norman Chad Horse Tournament on Saturday. Looking forward to that one. Uh, and then, of course, the $275 main event on Sunday. This event normally sells out, so grab your tickets in advance at deepstackcharityclassic.com. Every year, folks show up the day of and um, sadly are disappointed <laughs> as they're on a wait list forever and don't make it in. So,
0: I got a good feeling about this one for you. I don't know what it is. I, I have a feeling you're going to do well in this horse tournament.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm like, uh, the last couple horse tournaments, I've done pretty well, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the only downside is I'm, I'm probably gonna be driving down that morning So I'm gonna be a little a little tired.
0: <laughs>
2: a little bit, but but that's all right, you're not gonna be with me, so I'll be able to stop at the uh yeah. rest area yeah. and have yeah. to hold my grin in for the entire four hour drive. So
0: But you see there when I when I go with you there's always a sense of urgency. And so that that's what makes you perform better. You can focus. But in this case, now you're going to be relaxed, and you're not going to have that, you know. you got to keep it right at that level, you know, right at that, the surface, and you're not going to be able to do that. But I have a feeling you're going to do well. If for some reason, it's got this this thing about the way you've been playing horse, and, you know, you're returning to this place, and you always have a good time here, and I think you're going to do well.
2: Yeah, and this is the second time this event's been down in, in South Florida, at Iowa. It yeah. used to
0: be at the Daytona Beach
2: for a while um so uh, my first time i'm going to make it down there to play this event there i was i was traveling for one of our events last year and missed it so very excited if you guys that have, haven't been to a deep stack event I, uh, a couple things i'll mention that just make it really really special and, and different than a normal charity event um uh on sunday the actual main event or 275 you get a full breakfast you get a full catered dinner um as part of all that um Lots and lots of giveaways just for entering, and then um, uh, dozens and dozens of really, really nice raffles that I win almost every single year. <laughs> uh, for those of you that want to buy some extra tickets, so they do a really good job with it. So you know there are charity tournaments where you just show up and they take some money out of the prize pool, and you're like, eh, all right, I somebody helped somebody out, but wasn't exciting. This is not one of them. So if you're anywhere near South Florida, come down and, and see us this week.
0: It's almost like every person who shows up is leaving with something too. That's it, it's it's almost guaranteed that you're. You're leaving with with something, you know. what I mean, You're, I left with a toaster once. <laughs> I remember yeah. I got a toaster. I still have the toaster to this well, day. Yeah,
1: in, in, in
2: exchange. I mean, in addition to the, like these random prizes that they give out. I mean, if you get far enough, um, obviously there's some great prizes. If you make the final table, everybody at the final table gets a trip to um, Las Vegas to play in a Venetian Deep Stack event with hotel and food and limos and all that kind of stuff. So that's pretty cool. Um, and another prize is obviously leading up to it, but uh, they just do random giveaways. Which is great, but then um, I, I don't know how far down they start, but they always have a little gift bag uh, with coupons yeah. and things like yeah. that as well too, and chotskis, they like to call them. So and meals yeah. too,
0: right? Like you, I remember you you stayed long enough, you got to have dinner and stuff. And
2: oh okay. yeah, 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 definitely. Well, you, you definitely get dinner, so you just gotta you know if you get knocked out right away, then you might have to stick around, stick around for a while to get that meal, but. Uh, but yeah, pretty good. So I'll be interested to see how, how it plays out at Iowa, because obviously I'm very comfortable with how how they do it, uh, how they used to do it at Daytona. So looking forward to it. So cool. Hope hope to see a lot of listeners down there as well. Very so. cool. Um, all right, before we go back on more shameless self promotion, of Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> our one news item this week: uh, Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang has stated his support for federal regulation of online poker for all 50 states, saying the current state by state motto is driving players to unregulated offshore sites.
0: You don't say, do you, Andrew? <laughs> wow! An epiphany on any Up. <laughs> Never had those before.
2: Oh, man. So refreshing to see somebody actually say this. I mean, we talked about this on the show for a while, that it, there's just no real political currency for um, promoting online poker, certainly when you're running for president, I wouldn't think. Um, and if anything, it, it ends up proving to be a negative no matter what your opinion is on it, right? So... Um, it's very very refreshing to finally see way to actually say, "Hey, this is at least worth a tweet." <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think he is going to be on. Um, I think Doug Polk show or some other, uh, maybe not Doug, uh, but somebody else. Um, asked him a uh, poker, uh, podcaster asked him to come on, and and he said he would. So I'll be interested to see that. So you know, it might be it's more than tweet. It might be a little more than that. But uh, at least at least somebody's talking about it now, and yeah. talking about it in a in the proper way that uh the state by state thing is just um not great and we need to we need to get back regulated nationwide so everybody's on the same playing field so
0: one of the things that i when i watch um or read about like these democratic um you know the debates and things i look at there and i think well if if the person up there whoever is on that stage ends up winning the presidency i think a lot of these people are going to be part of the cabinet of the person who wins because yep. they all agree similarly, mostly on things. You know, I mean, there are some nuances or whatever. But and I wonder if, you know, if Andrew, if somehow the Democrats win and Andrew Yang is the president, then then this could be an issue. But if he's not, but he gets to be part of their cabinet somehow, that he got somebody in there who could be bending the presidential, in the president's ear or whatever and saying, hey, you know what, we can making a lot of money with this, just let me run with it. You know, I'll get it passed or something. So you never know. It's that eternal optimism here at Annie Up that I like to promote.
2: Well, no, I mean, I think your eternal optimism is, is well placed here. But there's an article I read on, I believe it was Politico, uh, maybe three four weeks ago, that uh, the headline was "I I endorse Andrew Yang dot 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 for Secretary of Commerce." Yeah, and it was exactly it was the same thing. It's like you know, hey he's definitely generating some buzz out there. Um, you know, the poll numbers aren't as strong as, as some other folks, but he's generally, he's got his yang gang out there, right? So he's, uh, he's got some buzz because he is that fresh face. He's not a politician and he's saying and talking about things that politicians don't normally talk about. Um, and a lot of them are financial. He's a very successful entrepreneur, of course, and, um, and has some really bold ideas on boosting our economy. So yeah, if he ends up not making it through this field, um, uh that does sound like a very 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 nice job for this gentleman to have and and you're right once you're in that job then then it's not political anymore now you can start pushing some of these things um you know eventually you have to get political buy-in to get them done but um i would much rather have a secretary of commerce that's in favor of federal online poker than one who is
0: not (laughs) or one who doesn't care right so So, fingers crossed see how that plays out Uh,
2: all right, well, it's always interesting to be on the other side of the mic, as I said. So uh, a couple of months ago, I was reached out by a, a professional player, Brad Wilson, who told me he was starting a brand-new uh, podcast training site called Enhance Your Edge. Uh, we did our interview, I don't know, about six weeks ago, and then he uh, finally posted it beginning this month, and you can listen to it at enhanceyouredge.com slash anti up. Um, and he's, uh, he's done a number of these with lots of folks. I, I know Matt Savage is one. I haven't checked to see who else um, – uh, he's talked to, but um, ask very good questions. You know, a um, couple times I've been a guest on, on podcasts, I've gotten really good questions, which I, I think is good I—I'll tell you, it's a little—I would think it's a little intimidating interviewing another podcast host, especially one that's been doing this for 14 years and as a journalist, right? Like right. we are, right? Uh, because I would think you would want to be sure your questions are good because you would think that person might be like, "Come on, you can ask better questions than that." Which I would have. <laughs> But he asked really good questions, so I didn't worry about that. So uh, very interesting in in talking about the journeys um, and, uh, you know, mentioned a lot about how we started Andy up, what our philosophy is here and um, where we think poker is going. So I forget exactly how long it is, but uh, if you're disappointed that we sort of phoned it in last week and sort of phoned it in this week, now you've got another podcast there. So between the three of them, (laughs) it's a normal two weeks at Andy.
0: How's that? They're never disappointed in us, Scott.
2: You can't tell I'm a former politician
0: right now. always spin everything. <laughs> if you have no expectations, you can't be disappointed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, check out the uh, Brad's podcast again. That's enhance your uh, edge. I'm sorry, edge dot com slash antiup. Cool. And then, of course, our annual restock the Shells food bank initiative of Blue Shark Optics will take place again this January. Uh, over the years, your generosity has helped us feed more than four hundred and eighteen thousand people across North America. And we'd like uh, to add greatly to that total this year. How can you help by asking the manager of your favorite poker rooms to host restock events? Super easy. They just have to pick a tournament or do some kind of cash game promotion or literally just put a bin in the room and collect food. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. Uh it just uh we're just trying to raise money and food for their local food banks. And again, remember all the food and money they collect goes right back into their community. Nothing none of it comes to us. There's no clearinghouse where we resend it out. Uh they pick their own food bank and that money and food goes straight to that food bank and then straight in the mouths of the people that really need it so yeah. uh, it's a really cool event um but uh, have them um, call me or email me at scott at magazinecom and i'll be happy to give them all the information and get them signed up and as rooms join we're adding them to our website at antietmagazine.com slash restock uh so please plan to support those rooms um in january and some of them even start as early as december so um as we get more details we'll announce them here as well too but they'll always be on the website so.
0: I feel like there's nothing for me to do this week. You want me to just like. (laughs) I gotta go right to the O'Malley's Move now, or skipping some of the other segments. So, we got a new O'Malley's Move. Here it comes.
1: Hello, and welcome to another O'Malley's Move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week we are seated in our regular $1, $2, no limit hold'em casino cash game. This is our second table of the night. We sat down with 300 and currently have $500. we have been playing for roughly two hours at this table. The blinds post, the under the gun calls. This woman sits with 600 after buying in for 100 and plays very poorly. She flopped top pair on a king high board with king six off and called bets all the way down to the river, where she won with a six-high flush. She's a calling station, but usually isn't too aggressive. An MP and the hijack also call, and we are on the button with the queen of hearts, nine of hearts. I like this hand with position, but not enough to raise. We call. The small blind calls, the big blind checks, and with about $10 in the pot, the flop is intriguing. The king of hearts, queen of spades, jack of hearts comes down. The under the gun bets $10 into the pot and the hijack calls. This might be a raising situation here, but with how difficult it is to put the under the gun on any kind of a range, we elect to call. The blinds fold. There's about $40 in the pot and the turn is the four of clubs. The under the gun bets $20 into the pot and the hijack folds. Once again, we're in the same situation. I like my hand, however there's only one card to come at this point. We elect to call are we making mistakes here? The pot is around $80 and the river is the eight of hearts. The the under-the-gun bets $20 once again. So, are we good here? Is this a call or a raise? And how much? What's the move? This is Daniel Legrano of FullContactPoker.com. You're listening to Anti-Up.
2: All right, slide at the man's po- pokertraining.com. hand of the weeks in your hands or situations. The podcast at annieupmagazine dot com. If you've won something from us in the past year, you get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site, and uh, we also give a free one month membership to all of our cruise passengers to Advanced Poker Training. That's as right. Well. That's so, right. one more reason to come join us on that next cruise. All right, Big uh, G. Finally, we haven't had him on the show for a while. I didn't want him to think that we uh, didn't appreciate the uh, mountains of hands of the weeks that we have stored up from him. So we're going to put him at the top of the list this week, Chris. And uh, his hands are always interesting, I think you would agree, right? Well,
0: this is where I earn my paycheck this week. Yes, yes.
2: All right. Uh, this week, he's playing in a 1-2 no-limit hold'em game at his local Florida card room. Uh, or nine-handed. And he's here on a night that I usually don't come in the poker room. It's also during the tournament series, so there's lots of new faces at the table. It's probably a mix of three players I know and five that are new to me. The villain in this hand is one of the new ones. From his appearance, man of the table, bet sizing, and number of hands he's played, I put him in the category of a winning player. Now I want to pause here because we talked a little bit on our strategy roundtable on the cruise last week. Um, uh, somebody asked, you know, how do you so, – uh, one of the players was talking about, you know, trying to stay clear of the of the, the good players and get in the hands with the, the bad players, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty solid advice, right? Um, but uh, one, of, one of our uh, guests was like, you know, I have trouble figuring out – how do you know early on who's a good player and who's not? And, of course, the answer to that is you just have to soak in all the observe, right? Yeah. Don't be on the phone. Don't be watching TV. Don't you know, be flagging out a cocktail waitress. You know, when you're not in the hand. And when you're in especially in your hand, pay attention to what everybody's doing. And it's only going to take you a couple orbits before you get a general idea, right? Right. So, and so, you know, uh, Vic here shows, I mean, he's got five or six things that he's looked at that he's put together to give him some um, information on this. Now, it may not be correct, but at this point, that's a pretty good uh, body of evidence.
0: So. Yeah.
2: All right. He continues to say he's older than 55, so that makes him a, quote, old guy. Hey, if you're older than 40, you're a, quote, old guy for <laughs> me. Um, and he says, uh, everyone older than us is an old guy, no matter how old we are. <laughs> and he says, yes, I'm 55. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. All right. The day was a usual mix of tight and loose players, but all of them were passive. Oddly, though, they will call almost... Any of my raises? Well, they probably listen to any of them. So yeah, uh, ranges of uh, standard uh, opening raises vary from seven to fifteen dollars, depending on the player, their position, and their hand strength. On a previous hand, after a bunch of limpers, I looked at a pocket aces on the button and raced to seventeen, only to get five callers. Oof! Oh, huh. not a game for me. I, I don't like to play these uh, these higher not higher stakes, but it's it plays big, right? Right. Raising seventeen, you're not in the field. Uh, it says, at this point, uh, you've featured a lot of my hands, so you know how I play and know that making the right decisions on, on each street is more important to me than winning any single pot. While this hand may have uh, never been submitted, it left me patting myself on the back at the end and then congratulating my opponent at the same time. So here we go. That's a little foreshadowing there. but
1: yeah. All
2: right. Uh, we're in the big blind for this hand and have everyone at the table covered. Our eventual villain sits with just over $200. Since we only look at the hand when action is on us. Sorry, Scott. I don't know what that means. I never look at my hand when action is on me. <laughs> uh, we watch the other players and see limps from under the gun. Under the gun plus one. Middle position, cut off button, and small blind. So everybody, including people at other tables, are in this hand now, Chris. Jeez. And at the big blind, uh, we have the
0: queen of diamonds, deuce of diamonds. Well, you said we're the big blind. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know... I thought about pulling the old, uh, was it Bizarro George? You know, from Seinfeld, and just doing the exact opposite uh, to try to try to understand how Vic plays. You know, because whenever I do something, it's the opposite of what Vic would do. So I thought about trying that here, but I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> this is not the hand to do that with. So uh, I'm just going to tap the table and hope I hit it hard.
2: Yeah. So I mean, just in, for the instance, of, uh, I mean, for the whatever the sake of the discussion here. Uh, when you have this many limpers, I mean, this hand here, I mean, we should be happy that we we get a free look at it. And if we hit big, we got a lot of opponents in there. Um, um, but there is a case to be made with this many people of making a pretty substantial raise and picking up that money or get heads up um, and being a little bit more aggressive with it. Where, um, which is not normally my style, and it's definitely not my style at this table now that we know that raising the 17 is going to get five callers. So at that point, now we're just throwing fifteen dollars away, I think, doing that. So uh but think about this so we have one, two, three, four, five, six limpers plus us. So that's fourteen uh fourteen in the pot, right? Yeah. Going on the flop. So, you know, we got a chance to make some money off of this if we hit big. Uh and the good thing about our, our hand is we can get away from it pretty easily. So all right. Um fixes at another night. Uh, on another night at another table we might be tempted to put in a raise to fifteen or twenty bucks to punish the limpers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and take down this pot right now, but so far this table is having none of it—at least for me. So we tap our cards, single dealer to give us a flop. All right, very smart. Fourteen in the pot, seven to a flop, Ace of Clubs, Deuce of Hearts, Queen of Spades. Small blind checks. Action is on us.
0: Well, I guess if I knew a little bit more about the people behind me, it might be a nice little chance to do a check raise. Um, because you're not. You know, you're not really taking control of the hand by just betting out here because anybody could just re-raise and re-take it. But if 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 it went check, 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 and the guy tries to steal on the end, you get a little extra money that way. Maybe you check raise and get some more money in the pot that you wouldn't have gotten if you just bet out and everybody folds. Um, but I don't think anyone's going to fold. Some somebody went with like a suited ace, so um, I don't know. I think I I think I probably bet here to thin the field to keep like the small blind with three, four from spiking a five or something like that. So. I don't know i probably bet i probably bet close to pot here and people people aren't going to put you on ace queen or ace deuce you know and they may think you're just trying to steal it because of all the limpers and somebody with a random ace might call so i mean it's tough because you gave me that little hint at the beginning where he's patting himself on the back and someone else won the hand so you know we kind of know what's going to happen here but um, I probably would definitely bet out here. I, I don't think I would just take a chance on checking and letting something random there like jack-10 get there with a king or something. So
2: I have to yeah, bet. Absolutely have to bet out here. And I think here's why. We, we, we have a pretty crappy hand that we started with. We got Lucky and Flop, bottom two paired. And this hand is immensely vulnerable right now, right? So you mentioned uh, like a 3, four, three five, somebody with a straight possibility. There's also somebody with a king jack could be out there with a high end straight possibility. Jack but really, where you're more vulnerable, I think, is just in all the naked aces that are probably out there. Yeah. Which probably I, I would imagine in the seven a flop all. It's possible that all three uh, other aces are out there right now, right? So. And you're right, no, it doesn't seem like anybody could have ace-queen here because no one raised. Someone very well could have ace-deuce, uh, ace which is bad for us. But more likely somebody is sitting around with like an ace-10, ace-9, ace-6, whatever. And if we check around and give them that free card, we have no idea what card's going to come next, whether that's bad for us or not, right? right. I mean, a lot of times you, you oh, that was a six of uh, diamonds. That's not going to hurt us. Here, a six of diamonds might be the killer for us, so... I'm not gonna take any chance. This is definitely not a slow play hand. This is a fast, fast play hand. So, I, yeah, I'm gonna bet the whole pot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I get raised, and that's fine. But um, definitely gonna make people to pay uh, to draw out on me if they want to. So,
0: yeah, the thing about this hand is, you know, it could go tray tray, and you lose. You get counterfeited. Yeah, know what I mean, oh, yeah, so absolutely. you gotta get some money in now, and and, and then reassess.
2: Um, all right. Our hero says, uh, with such a passive table, we want to give some of the opportunity to make a better hand on the turn by seeing it checked around. So we lead out for 10. Uh, at this point we can't put anyone on a hand, so we'll see what happens, but we do feel pretty confident. No one's slow playing pocket aces or Queens here. Even hand like big slick or a little, uh, little slick, a little slick is questionable. Um, I, I think this is a good point too. I mean, he's right. We have literally no information on anybody at this point. So that's the other reason to bet out now. Um, not so much the, to get people to fold, but if they fold, that's great. But we want to see who's going to raise us, who's going to call us, all of those kind of things that you, you pay attention to. Because um, we need to get some information now because we got a hand, and we're obviously going to be put to a test at some point in this hand. So yeah. um, checking around is not going to get us that information. So, All right. Uh, Vic says, the only callers are villain seated in the middle position. Wow, that's kind of surprising. we got five people out of his hand with that bet. Yeah. Uh, he says he casually calls, no hesitation, no Hollywooding, just a routine call. Uh, what type of hands might he call with? He's like, uh, I'm sorry, which type of hands might he call? <laughs> got to keep the editor and Chris happy. So I'm not sure <laughs> if the end quote should go before or after the question mark.
0: <laughs> Always after.
2: <laughs> See, you got it right, Vic. It is after on your notes here, so good job. Good job. Yeah. All right, $34 in the pot. Um Dealer puts out a lovely turn card for us. He says, the deuce of spades. So we're now ace of clubs, deuce of hearts, queen of spades, deuce of spades. Uh, we feel up. no longer need to worry ourselves with the broadway or wheel draws or the backdoor spades. Or even the naked aces, again. I think that was a big concern. What do we do about that? And uh, we're obviously first act. So what's our move?
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough that this hand is tainted by the comments. So it's hard to think that we are behind. But... I mean, ace deuce just reeks here, or you know, another ace is going to come on the end or something. But it just it smells like the hand's going to be a bad hand for us. But if I don't have that in my head, and I have to be honest, I mean, we're loving this. So you know, you said thirty four in the pot, but after rake, it's probably like 30, 32 So
2: yeah, I'm he has a note on here. I haven't deducted the rake yet. We'll get to that later. So okay. I don't know
0: that. Yeah. So but- if it's say it's about thirty bucks in the pot, I mean, I'm I'm betting like. Tss- 16 18 something like that just i want to get some money out of this guy and hope he has a random ace
2: yeah i think probably brown 20 sounds good to me um uh, i could go all the way up the pot but that might be a little too much since we have we voted up here but
0: yeah i don't want to scare um, anybody you know i want to get some money out of this guy i'm hoping he has a random ace and just can oh i can afford 18 i can afford 20 you know and call it right
2: uh, all right. Um, let's see. Our hero says, we're not concerning ourselves with a $100 high hand bonus because uh, uh, Deuce's foe is already beaten, and if we hit our quads, our queen kicker won't play. Uh, there could be a very strong case for us to continue our lead with a $20 to $25 bet here, but we opt to check. Uh, he says, this disguises the strength of our hand. We're hoping the paired board uh, proved any random ace he might be holding or entice him to represent a Deuce. Unfortunately, he seems uninterested and looks content to check it back and see a river. At first, I think we might have missed value here, but he checked back, so he probably would have folded to any bed anyway. Maybe checking will allow him to hit a straight or flush if he's drawing. Uh, I'm still not sure which hands he plays like this. Can we eliminate in the hands we previously put him on? Um, I don't know. I was actually surprised that he was the only caller at 10 bucks, So hmm. that doesn't really help me narrow him down at yeah, all. And yeah. We're happy that we hit our deuce because that makes me feel... We're confident though as you mentioned uh not uh, ironclad. so um the check was interesting actually i guess because you know hey we, cause it kind of makes it look like we we tried to steal it on that flop with all those people uh got a caller and then we slowed down a little bit so um and i'm not entirely sure if the check behind is is bad for us i mean obviously the um comments at the beginning of hand make it feel like <laughs> it's going to be but yeah um, I, I wouldn't normally worry too much about that. I, I'd be more worried, as you mentioned, about missing uh, a street of value. Um, But, you know, I mean, I guess, I mean, what happens now? I mean, it would be interesting now. So, like, if a, if a flusher straight gets there to, to check again and see if we can induce a bluff out of them. The danger of that, though, is you can check behind. We get no value out of this yeah. surprisingly great hand that turned into, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I. I I still think probably making a bet there in the turn it would have been a little bit better, but and he's right, if he didn't have anything he's gonna fold anyhow. So, um, you know, if he's drawing to something he probably would have still called that at one two. I mean, not if we bet the whole pot, but fifteen twenty bucks. I
0: don't. know. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's a very thoughtful move to check here to set up the story of the stealing slash bluffing, but. It also provides another street for the person to either catch up, because if he has the boat, then he could check behind too. Because he's thinking, all right, I, don't, I want this guy to. If he got scared. I want him to bluff at it now. I have position, so he's already had. He already has ace deuce, and he's not losing his hand. And so he's thinking, if I bet here, and you did tell that story, now you're going to fold to a bet. So, you know, it's tough. It's it's a tough situation you're in now. If this guy's got you crushed. Um and you thought you made this awful move and then he's right behind you making the exact same move essentially, hoping right. that you bluff it on the river. And uh so yeah, it looks like it's ace deuce to me.
2: Alright. Um with thirty-four dollars in the pot, the river is the Queen of Hearts Ug, he says. Yeah. This completes the board of Ace of Clubs, Deuce of Hearts, Queen of Spades, Deuce of Spades, Queen of Hearts. Uh if he has a queen, he just caught up and we're splitting this pot, it's entirely likely he's got the case queen. He limped in, called my $10 flop bet with middle pair, improved on the turn, but wasn't confident enough to the bet. When his kicker improved, and now he has one out on the river to chop. And he says, now about that rake. The $2 jackpot drop was taken at $20, and the $1 rakes were taken at $10, $20, and $26. The final two will be taken at $36, and $46. There's only 34 in the pot so far, so 5 was removed. If we're 100% confident of a chop, we should check, right? Because... I says, besides, the villain has shown little to no interest in his hand behind the flop, so will he even call if it's not a chop? What do you think?
0: Oh. Uh, Well, we were also going over other scenarios before. We are hoping he catches up by hitting his jack ten or his king ten or king jack or whatever the hell it was, so there are other hands that, you're right, if, if he was going for a hand didn't get there, he might bluff at it now, so a check might be a good move here to get him the bluff but again if if we're chopping it now he bets and now you got to hope that you're chopping and you know so it i don't know if you know you're chopping maybe you put money in and maybe he thinks that he's beat and he i don't know it's a good question i don't know
2: well yeah, it's interesting they set it up with a discussion about the rake i mean uh, maybe i'm misunderstanding what he's saying but um he seems like he's concerned that if he gets two more dollars in this pot <laughs> that a dollar of it's going to come out right yeah um and I uh, appreciate the level of um you know, I have closely Vic pays attention to this kind of stuff but at this point I mean we've got a twenty nine dollar pot after uh, rake right now and I'm not too worried about an extra dollar maybe I should be <laughs> but I I I don't know uh, I I'm more concerned just that that the queen came and really kind of counterfeited our hand in a way so. But we always thought from the beginning that we could be up against Ace Deuce anyhow, right? So,
0: well, yeah, because if he had a random, any random Queen now, you know, he has the same hand as us. So that's that's interesting that the guy would have called ten bucks with like a Queen Jack hand or something, um, and now he's caught up. Yeah, Ugh. well, I don't know. I mean, again, it feels like it still could be something else. It could have been that that Queen didn't help us. Or didn't hurt us. We were already beaten. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I still think that if I have that queen, I'm betting. I feel like I'm if I'm in that moment and I'm playing that game, the hand, and this guy's showing no interest and he barely calls the ten and then checks behind us, unless he's doing exactly what we were doing, which he could have been. You know, could've I still been. feel like I'm putting some money out there, like ten or fifteen bucks, just to get some money in the pot.
2: Just kind of feel like this is one of the situations where. Um We're only going to get called or raised by a better hand, so it almost seems like I mean I I hate to give up on this hand now, but our 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 hand in a weird way is even though it poker wise is stronger, right? But it's gotten weaker by this card. So um, I I just kind of feel at this point that you know we'll check, hope it checks behind, and and we'll have to settle for this thirty dollars or whatever again. And remember. We we got to see this hand with Queen Deuce of Diamonds, a hand that we would never play anyway, right? So, right, right. Uh, you know, I can always be upset that you didn't get max value out of him, but if you're told me I'm going to get twenty nine dollars every time I'm dealt Queen Deuce of Diamonds, <laughs> I'm going to be ecstatic, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, uh, obviously if, we, if he's got something that's got his beat, he's still going to bet. So it's not like we're going to get a check check out of this, but. Um, but if we bet here and now he decides to come alive on the river and raise, you know, what are we going to do at that point, right? So yeah, yeah. I think I'd rather just check and let him set a price. And if he checks behind and we win, then, hey, I, I don't really think we're going to get more out of it. And it goes back to the two, And then we don't have to pay that extra dollar on in the in the rake, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So our hero says, uh, while we really hate this river car, we're going to bet a small amount just in case he came all this way with a random ace and can't fold. As the queen will lose $1 off his bet, as the dealer will rake $1 from each of our river bets, uh, we just size it small just 10 bucks, and toss in two red chips. The villain now speaks up and bemoans, Don't tell me that river beat me. He dangles two red chips between his fingers, reluctant to release him, but finally does. I table my hand, saying, I didn't need the queen. You were beaten well before the river. He disagrees and tables ace deuce. What? Uh, yeah. I guess I'm the, uh, I'm the one who hit a two-outer to win. He flopped, uh, deuce, ace, ace, deuce. Uh, Why why isn't this Chris's favorite hand? (laughs) (laughs) As I rake in the pot, I'm happy that I didn't bet the turn, get raised, and jammed. That would have been a poor decision as I was way behind. I played the hand great, but a second later I hear myself congratulating him on losing the minimum, adding that if he raised the flop or bet the river, I was getting it all in. and would have stacked him. I would have rather won the small pot by by making what I later learned were correct decisions, except for that flop bet. Than to have him stack uh than to have him stack me by making poor decisions and needing a river a two outer, I think Sklansky would agree uh what do you guys think? I would bet the farm that you uh, you would have made more money in this hand than I did. well done gentlemen I don't know about that
0: well, I mean he's just so thoughtful with his play, and we would have been like drooling at that deuce on the turn, and we probably would have been like god let's let's hope he has a random ace, you know, and then he's got you know aces up and and he's happy with the queen kicker and now he thinks he's you know splitting with us with aces you know and deuces with a queen kicker and he's going to call our bet and we would have bet out on the turn and he would have he would have come alive on us and then we would have had to think about it and thought maybe we were behind ace deuce maybe even folded who knows and you're pretty tight so you never know what would have happened on that turn if we had made it you know 15 to go and this guy makes it 60 you know and then maybe we you know, we call and then the river, you know, then the river, we probably still lie. So I don't know how it goes. Maybe we, maybe we make more money. I don't know. But it's so weird to see Vic suck out on the end. You know, it never happens really.
2: <laughs> I really got kind of surprised how our opponent played this. You know, I think this is probably again, a, uh, um, a lesson in slow playing that there's only certain situations where you actually want to slow play. I think people will slow play way more than they should. And, uh, I would have tried to get a little bit more money on the turn here. I would have raised on the turn at that point.
0: Or bet? We didn't even. We didn't even bet. We checked. Oh, that's checked. right. Was yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 I would have I definitely. I would have. Would have bet that after Vic uh, checked. Um, and if not, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, unless you, really the only reason at that point is if you think now we're on some kind of weird flush draw, which doesn't make sense at all the way we played it. So, um, or that we're on some kind of one of those weird draws that we talked about at the beginning. Well, uh, I'm we'll gonna change to, your uh, mind.
0: I'm going to change your mind. I'm going to change your mind. So if we go back to the beginning of our conversation and we said that the villain was doing exactly what we were doing, let's now revisit it from him. He has ace-deuce. He flops top and bottom pair. Our guy bets, and it clears the field up to us. We decide to call because it looks like we're going to be heads up. Now Vic checks to us thinking that he's setting us up for, hey, he thought we were just trying to steal it. Now we're saying, as the villain, okay, I'm going to check behind now because I'm going to let you try to bluff at at the end. The, the problem was that the, no, he only calls on the river, so that to me, I think he he doesn't want to bet out because if he thinks, okay, Vic was trying to steal it on the flop and then he checked because he was weak on the turn and really didn't have anything. If we bet, we lose him with our full house. So he's hoping to get the most with the full house. So he checks behind, hoping Vic will catch up with like a random, you know, straight gets there or something or bluffs at it at the end and we have aces full or deuces full aces but or whatever it is so yeah deuces full aces. so i think he's thinking you know i'm gonna check behind and let this guy try to bluff at it on the end rather than if i bet now and he was really actually trying to steal and then didn't have anything and said okay i don't have the balls to bet here i'm checking now we check behind because if we bet we know he's folding so that's why he checks behind doesn't bet and i'm just saying it doesn't matter what we have he's yeah. hoping we're uh, sealing it in i
2: can see that uh, i would say if your if your style of play is hoping that in that situation that vic's going to that you're you're believing that vic bluffed on the flop and then slowed down on the turn and then is going to miraculously bluff again on the river i don't think that happens as often as you might think um I mean, more often it's it's going to be checked again you know they it, most players, one, two, take one shot at a pot, right? And I don't think you're going to – the odds of that taking another shot there um, so you can check rate. And, and then at that point, I mean, you're not going to get any more out of him, You're going to only get what he, what he bluffed at the pot with. So if he really is on a draw like we think he might be and you bet a reasonable amount there, an attorney's got to call that, right? So you're going to get that money one way or the other.
0: So are and you then, saying that Vic, what Vic did in this hand was miraculous because did exactly what you said? Doesn't happen. He checked the turn and then bet at it again on the river.
2: No, I'm talking about the uh, our opponent who was last to act. I mean, if I'm sitting there with that boat on that turn, I'm not going to check behind with the hope that Vic is going to bluff at it on the river. I just I'm not going to do that. I don't think. Mm. I, I again, I I don't know what Vic has at that point other than he he wrapped the table with big blind and then bet into a whole big field with this flop that I hit pretty hard, right? Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it could be a – it could be – go back to what we thought. Our opponent could be on was a naked ace, right? So, I mean, Vic could have been on a naked ace there. I mean, seven people in the pod gets a big blind. He's got ace six. He doesn't want to raise at that point, right? So, I'll take the free card. I hit an ace. All right, let me see how many other aces are out here. I'm going to bet. All right, only one? Great. Uh, At that point, I'm like um, – my hand – What's interesting to me, I guess, about this is both of us had really vulnerable hands on the flop. We both flopped two pair, but they're both really vulnerable, right? Mm. So I would just be worried about my opponent. Uh, I don't want him to catch up, right? Uh, Obviously, when we both hit our boats on the turn, that's a different story. But, um, you know, if if at that point, the only thing that we couldn't put Vic on Queen-Deuce there, I mean, that's just, wow, (laughs) Right. Oh, I mean, so now I got to think about what he had. Either he's bluffing, and I'm not gonna get more out of him, so I might as well bet now and find out. Or maybe he's got a naked ace, and I'll get money out of him that way.
0: Well, and, and then I'll bet again. It was interesting, is that you know you said they're vulnerable, but really the ace deuce isn't vulnerable unless it's vulnerable. You know, it's, it's vulnerable to random two outers at this point, other than straights. Other but than straights. It's still vulnerable. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I I, I don't yeah, know. Uh,
2: it's, it's because of the deuce. I mean, let's go back to what we talked about before. Any card that comes out, we don't know. that's There's no safe card that's going to come out now. Right. I mean, even a tray is not safe at that point because someone could be sitting there with an ace tray. Um,
0: yeah, or yeah. Yeah. And just
2: stick this, right? So, I mean, it's a different story when you know there's flushes and, and straights and, and we can immediately dismiss a card as not helping anyone, right? But in this scenario with ace deuce, I mean, I'm happy to hit my two pair, but... That next card that comes, if it's anything but a deuce, which it was, um, I, I, I don't know where I stand anymore at that point. So uh, I, I think both of them need to play it fast. Vic, Vic, Vic was the one that started playing it fast and then slowed down. Um, the, the other guy didn't play it fast at all. <laughs> yeah. And waited to the river and then, then got upset because he felt like he got con- counterfeited, which he
0: did. So What would be interesting is if if he had played back... You know at Vic, what would have happened? You know when Vic flops the queen deuce and this guy puts the hammer down on the on the flop bet after he bets ten, he makes it like forty or fifty. I'm assuming Vic calls and then on the river on a turn, I mean Vic will then probably bet out because now he's got somebody he thinks maybe not, maybe he checks unless the guy bet, but um because he's made his boat, but it's interesting, I think it gets all in on the turn then. And then he, I mean, yeah, obviously, I still going
2: I mean, it could. I mean, I don't, I don't know how deep we are. I mean, I know Big City has covered, but. So, yeah, in your scenario, if that guy bet raises the 40, which is realistic to do at that point when we bet 10, right? Yeah. I mean, what do we do as Vic now? I mean, I got to feel like I got the best hand here because. Um, Ace Queen, I, I just can't see Ace Queen limping in this pot. So Ace Deuce. Aces yeah. or Queens. Limping either, Um, so really the only hand that's got his beat now is pocket deuces, and you know there's ace deuce right now. So
0: ace deuce. I mean that's the hand that beats you on the flop. Well, exactly. That's that's a hand that you could have. That's true. That's true. But it's just it's weird how it ended up being. They all he won the minimum, and (laughs) the other guy lost the minimum. Ugh, I don't know. That's
2: good at the office. I mean that that's good friendly poker there, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think I still think that the guy with ace deuce is kicking himself somehow. I don't know what that's it is. Just,
2: that's what I'm saying. It should have been. He should have woken up at some point and and I don't know if it would have changed anything. Um it may not have, but
0: you know, maybe even pre flop, I don't know what his ace deuce was. Did we say what it was? Is it suited? No.
2: Uh yeah, ace diamond deuce club syndrome. Yeah.
0: I mean I don't know. When you're first to enter a pot, generally you want to be raising and you just limp with it a, a offsuit ace deuce. I mean, why even I mean, play yeah, that hand?
2: Go back. That's the mistake. Yeah,
0: why hand. even play that hand?
2: Don't even get in the pot with that hand. I mean, we were in the pot because we were already had our money in. So yeah, we were in the blind.
0: Yeah, that's interesting there. So, if you're going to enter the pot, this is why you make a raise because you don't want Queen deuce there stealing the pot from you on the river. You know. Yeah. Alright, I'm Chris Casenza. <laughs> and I'm Scott Logg. We'll see you at the table.
1: AntiUp is a production of AntiUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at antiupmagazine.com or call our hotline at 206-338-6344. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the PodSafe Music Network.